This is the Sons and Slaves Podcast. This is a show devoted to helping fathers and sons honor and obey the Lord. Join me, Jared, and my sons, Ransom and Valor, as I talk to them about boyhood and the process of becoming a man. Welcome to the Sons and Slaves Podcast. I'm here with my three co-hosts today, Valor, Dad, and Little Oak. How you doing, guys? He's doing great. I wish you guys had a YouTube so that everyone could see Baby Oak in his first time on the Sons of Slaves podcast. Yeah. We might need to do that someday. Yeah, do if we had videos. a st- yeah, if we had a studio like my friend John Wheaton, that would work really well. Ransom and I got to see his studio, and it was pretty incredible. Oh my it? gosh, it's amazing. Okay. It is. So, have a great episode, everybody. And Jordan, mm-hmm. you're the first woman on the show, so welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Me and Oak are leaving. Have a good episode. I'll be praying for you guys. Okay. Bye. Thank you Bye, very much. Love you. Yeah, just close it. That's okay. all right. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, see what we're drinking first, and then we'll go ahead and pray. So, Ransom Valor, what are you guys drinking today? Okay, Valor had to step out, but we'll go ahead and talk about what we're drinking, and then when he comes back in, we'll tell what he's drinking. So, Ransom, what do you got today? I got hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Pretty good. Tasty. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Good. And I'm drinking coffee. I'm at the bottom of my cup right now. And it'll last me, I don't know, maybe one more drink, something like that. You're not drinking. Seconds. You're not really drinking coffee yet, are you? It's okay. Yeah, but kind of gross. I take it back. It's terrible. Terrible. Kids generally think coffee is terrible. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to talk about Christmas for a little bit before we get into boyhood and beyond. You want to go ahead and pray for us? Yeah. Okay. Jesus, I pray that this episode would be great in every way, that it would be the best one we've done yet. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's talk about Christmas real quick. best part about Christmas was? Uh, probably getting my fixed blade. Okay. Got a fixed blade finally. Tell, mm-hmm. tell everybody about your fixed blade. It has been the best knife I've ever had in my life. What is it? It's a Buck Knives. 102, the Buck 102. Mm-hmm. Which is a great knife. Yeah. It'll last you forever. Mm-hmm. It's Lifetime forever. warranty. Where's it made? Made in America, yeah. USA, baby. And that can be a great everyday carry knife or a hunting knife. It can be really used for a lot of different things. You know why it's for a hunting knife? Why is that? You can chuck it at a deer. You think so? <laughs> well, I don't really think that hunting knives are for throwing no, at deer. They're but forgotten it. Yeah, forgotten it. That's right. That, that and would be a miracle skinning if anybody did it. You know, probably in the history of the world, somebody's done it. Yeah. But that would be pretty incredible. So you got the fixed blade. What else? Anything else that you got? Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. Got a new bow. Mm-hmm. What, what brand? Uh, Bear. Yep. I was able to pick that up used like six months ago, and I got it all fixed up for you, and was really excited about it, and finally got to give it to you. So that's mm-hmm. cool. You got that? And then who got your old bow? Valor. And I think he's pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then the big gift that we got for you. The go-kart. Ooh. It that, goes 26 miles an hour. Well, it can, but we've got the governor turned down. Yeah. So it doesn't go that fast. To like... I think it probably goes like 18? 17, 18 miles an hour, something like that, I think. Okay, well, I enjoy Christmas as well. My favorite time of Christmas is just the season leading up to the day. I love Advent season because I love all the things that we get to do. So My favorite is December the 2nd. December the 2nd? Why is December the 2nd your favorite? The McCoys. 
McCoys what? The McCoys came over to Oh, the McCoys came over. Easily yeah, so said. To, yep. The so, second. Yeah, so we got, we got to do that. But I also love things like St. Charles. I love all the Christmas carols. I love the movies, the smells, the food. I love everything about Christmas time. So it's just a lot of fun. We had a really good time. But we're not here to talk about Christmas today, are we? No. What are we going to talk about? Mr. Industry versus Mr. Sloth. Mr. Industry versus Mr. Sloth. This comes from our book, Boyhood and Beyond. And if you've not picked up the book yet, I want to encourage you to pick up Bob Schultz's books. He's done a phenomenal job just writing for boys, practical lessons that can be so helpful. As you're reading it as a father, you're reading through it and realizing, man, this is really good stuff, not just for my sons, but for me also. There has been people... What, what are they, where's their names? Oh, oh, Kendrick Mustard yeah. wrote in and... He had bought both of the books yeah. and read them out loud to his family. Well, I don't know if they read them out loud, but I know that they did go through them. His son yes. did. So Congratulations, you're the first one to... The, the Mustard family, thanks for reaching out to us and job. let us know. Yep. You're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We really do. And uh, we get to talk through this chapter today. And I'm going to read a big portion of this chapter because there's so much that, that's good. As I was working through it, I was thinking, man, really the whole chapter could be read and talked about. We read this last year. I've read it a couple times. But it's just good to read, to pause, and then just talk about it a little bit. Okay? Is the puppy ready to rejoin? Yes. All right, folks. Before we get into the chapter, Valor is ready to rejoin us. New chai tea latte. New chai tea latte. We had a little bit of a problem with the last one, but it's here. Providence, you want to say something real quick? You want to speak into the microphone? Say hi, everybody. Hi. You have anybody to... Nope, back up. You have anything to say to the... Nope, don't touch the microphone. Do you have anything <laughs> hey, to say hey, to... sing the doxology. Oh, you want to sing? Don't back up. Don't touch the microphone. You go ahead and sing to everybody. Praise God for new more blessings for praise them all above the All creatures. All creatures. Praise them all above the holy Praise for the Son and Holy Ghost. Great job. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. She's made her first appearance on the Sons and Slaves podcast. Bye. All right, Ransom, or, all right, Valor, we were just getting ready to start the chapter, but you're back now, so we have a couple questions for you. First, tell us about your drink. Chai tea latte. Pretty good? That seems to be your go-to drink. It seems like that's the drink you like the best for the podcast time. Is that true? Yeah. yeah it's pretty to good. To tell you the truth, I like milk. What do you like about a chai tea latte? Is it just the taste? Just the taste. Just the taste, the flavor. Okay, we were talking about Christmas gifts also. People probably want to know what was your favorite Christmas gift that you got this year. Um, it is a um Lego. Lego. Uh, yeah. Kid, why do boys like Lego so much? I don't know, but they're amazing in Valor? every possible. What way. kind of Lego is it? Like, like a dragon from Kai. Oh, a dragon from Kai. Okay. <clears throat> like, it's something. <clears throat> Which is Ninjago. Like, yeah, it's Ninjago, <coughs> and it has like, a dragon from Kaina, and it's like something real, um, it has wings too, and it has a sword with it. Okay. And that's all. Cool. Very cool. Glad to hear that. You also have been doing a really good job driving the go-kart, even though it's a little bit big for you. 
Yeah. Been, been doing a good job. It's you got a, And you got a bow that can finally kill a deer. Yeah. You excited about that? Yeah. Now you just got to work on your strength and eat a bunch of meat so you can pull that bow back, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, without any further ado, we get to the chapter, Mr. Industry vs. Mr. Sloth. Here's what Mr. Bob says. Inside every man is the desire to accomplish great works. Let's just go ahead and pause. That means inside of the boy, there is this desire already early on for conquest, for good works, for building, for maintaining, for doing what God made you to do. That's in every boy. Inside every man is the desire to lay around and do nothing. Pause. That means that inside every single boy and every man, there is this pull to sit around and be passive and do nothing. And that's important for us to understand those two desires that are there. Here's what Bob says. Every day, both of these desires will draw you. The desire you follow will determine the man you become. The whole chapter builds out from these first few sentences. If you go with the sloth, if you go with Mr. Sloth, if you lay around, if you do nothing, if you accomplish nothing, if you work not unto the Lord, but just work terribly with a bad attitude, you're going to end up in poverty. But the contrast, what we're talking about today, is being Mr. Industry and getting the job done, fighting that slothful desire. Now, here's what Bob talks about. He talks about his buddy Howard, and Howard talks about the names that he's attached these two desires to. So that's where we get the names, Mr. Industry and Mr. Sloth. Here's, here's what Mr. Howard said. My garden is a group of raised beds separated by small walkways. Every two years, I add a fresh layer of wood chips to the walks to keep my boots out of the mud. My two years had expired. The mound of chips waited patiently just over the driveway, and I needed someone to move them from the pile to the paths. At times, I'm industrious, working like the beaver, finishing the project and finishing the next project. At other times, I'm slothful, and I postpone my work. Even when I'm feeling industrious, my mind is frequently interrupted by slothful thoughts. I come to attach names to the thoughts of my mind that encourage me to work. I call those thoughts Mr. Industry. The thoughts that encourage me to do little or nothing I call Mr. Sloth. A few days ago, I had been enjoying Mr. Sloth's advice. It was raining outside, so I sat in the house. During the time I should have been spreading chips, I comfortably read a book. Here's what happens, guys. There's always a good excuse to be slothful. Well, it's raining. There's work to be done outside. It's raining, so I don't need to do the work. We need to, what are we going to be doing after this? We're going to be outside doing what? Chopping wood. Chopping wood. Chopping wood. Let's just say it was raining a little bit, but we needed to chop wood. Wouldn't that be a perfect excuse to stay inside? Yeah. It, it would, wouldn't it? Well, we've got an excuse. I can't go outside. This is what Howard, and Howard is a friend of Mr. Bob, this is what Howard's talking about. There's always an excuse to not do what needs to be done. And boys and men are always at this crossroads. Do we do what needs to be done, or do we make the excuse to not do what needs to be done? Get things done. Do what needs to be done. Gosh, this is a critical lesson that we've been learning about really through the whole book, but it's more explicit in this chapter. Here's what he says. The prodding of Mr. Industry would not let me enjoy the book. He often disrupts me when I'm listening to Mr. Sloth. Today was no exception. Industry paced back and forth, making statements like, put out the chips, then read the book. Work first, play later. Following Mr. Sloth will bring you to poverty. Don't worry about getting wet. You've worked in the rain before. Get out and get it done. He made me feel guilty, but I still didn't want to do the work. I wanted to read the book. Well, leaving my book in the warm chair, I stepped into the porch, 
Through the break in the clouds, the sun seemed to be shouting something to Mr. Industry, who challenged me, at least get out there and just spread one wheelbarrow of chips before dinner. Mr. Sloth didn't like that idea, but considering the prospect, he wasn't opposed to the occasional task, boasting himself in his opinion, oh, I did one wheelbarrow of work, he could say with pride to anybody who might accuse him of laziness. We never want to do just enough work to not be accused of laziness, right? That is shady. That is sneaky. We don't want to just trick people into thinking that we're hard workers, do we? Mm -mm. No, we want to actually be hard workers. So what, what did he do? What did Howard do? Well, he listened, to Mr. he listened to Mr. Industry. He grabbed the pitchfork, threw it into the wheelbarrow, and headed for the pile. Mr. Sloth, didn't, Mr. Sloth did not like the spring in my step. He complained, hey, not so fast, mister. Watch out for your back. You're too old for this work. Why don't you just hire the neighbor, neighbor kid to get it done? Mr. Industry responded, a little exercise will loosen those back muscles. You are starting to feel good. Look, the wheelbarrow is already, already full. The first load didn't cover much area. Mr. Sloth used that fact to urge me back to the study. This job is just too big, he complained. Besides, our agreement was one load. Standing still, I slowly filled my lungs with as much fresh air as they could hold. Mr. Industry insisted we have to get another load. I grabbed the handles and I headed for the pile. Mr. Sloth, who had been lying on the ground beside the wheelbarrow, reached up, grabbing the edge with one hand. He hung on and dragged himself along. I filled and pushed and dumped and spread. My whole body had accepted Mr. Industry's advice and enjoyed it. Occasionally, some limb or muscle complained of overexertion, but I kept going, load after load, in spite Slothful's low whines. When the final wheelbarrow covered the last corner, I could hardly believe it. I never thought I could do the whole job so quickly. Mr. Industry let out a victorious cheer. He jumped and hollered as if I had just won the Boston Marathon. I looked around for Mr. Sloth for the first time all day. I couldn't see him anywhere. All right, hard work. There's a job to do in front of us. In the middle of a job that looks like a big, big job. Let's just talk about picking up your room or picking up the basement. When you start to pick up the basement, does it feel like an overwhelming job? Yes. What about after Christmas time? There's oh stuff gosh, everywhere. You can hardly walk in the toy closet. And you have to pick it up and clean the toy closet because we always want to pick up more than we put down, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't know what to do, pick something, something up. up. If you don't if know you what don't to do, know what to do, just pick something up. That's what, the song what, we sing. What? If we don't know what to do, pick something up. That's what, what, a good what, principle what? to live by, right? If you're walking around, you're just like, what should I do? Well, pick something up and put it back in its place. That's something that I need to learn over and over again and tell myself over and over again because I'm still learning to do that. i got to get better and better at that, right? Yeah. Okay. This job that Howard was doing, it started off with one wheelbarrow, and then he got done with one wheelbarrow, and what? He was wanting to quit, wasn't he? Yeah. But what did he do? Did he quit or keep going? He kept going. He kept going. And he pushed through that desire to stop. It was raining. There was a book calling his name from the inside. His body was hurting a little bit, but he pushed through the pain, and he got the job the done. Book. That's right. And then when he got the job done, he looked around, realizing, I'm, sock I'm soaking wet, I'm soaking wet, but the job's done. This feels amazing. Doesn't it feel good when you've done a good job at something? Yeah. Like yeah. that time when I actually stacked wood good? Oh, my. When you stack a wood pile, and it looks terrible, and it looks just like a kid did it, is that satisfying? <laughs> no. It's when you terrible. when you stack a wood pile right and it looks really pretty and clean, does that feel good? Yes, yes. It does. it does, doesn't it? Oh, it looks really good and you realize that is going to heat our house and keep our family warm. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right. From the dining room window, my wife announced, "It's dinner time, Howard." I put away the tools and with a light step entered the house. 
All evening, Mr. Industry hung pictures of the Garden Victory in my mind. We rejoiced as much as any winner can. A task accomplished is sweet to the soul. Now we're back to Bob. Howard applied names to his conflicting thoughts and desires. You have similar thoughts and desires, whether you name them or not. And you will have them the rest of your life, boys. The desire you follow will determine the man you will become. The path of Mr. Sloth is a flat trail. It's wide, and I must add, it's a very pleasant-looking trail. It's full of comforts. It's full of creature comforts. It's full of really good days and soft days. Soft men follow such roads. Mr. Sloth claims that it's the best of roads to travel, and it's easy. He lures you with those comforts. He entices you with little soft choices. He would never say, he would never say, let's just sleep all day. But he might suggest, hey, you should sleep for just 10 more minutes. But boys, listen to me. If you yield to that desire, he will encourage you to sleep for another 10 minutes and then another 10 minutes. And by those little decisions, day after day, week after week, you might find yourself doing something you never would have thought to agreed to do. That means 20 minutes. You might find yourself, now. yeah, you might find yourself sleeping the whole day. Maybe. Every opportunity and every soft choice that you make leads to another soft choice and another soft choice and another soft choice. And you wake up realizing that you're a slothful, lazy boy. Mm -hmm. Is that the kind of boy you want to be? No, no way. I would mm. never want to be like but that. But here's the deal. The no, easy choice not. and the hard choice is in front of you every day. The comfortable choice and the uncomfortable choice is in front of you every day. And what Bob is telling us is if we take that comfortable choice every day rather than the uncomfortable, if we make that easy decision rather than the hard decision, that determines what kind of boy and man we're going to be. Let me ask you, is it, do you guys like running when we go running? Kind of, yeah. Be honest. Do you like it? Okay, uh, Valerie, you, you do like it? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. What about when you're wanting to slow down and you're hurting a little bit and I say, stop it, run. Come on, boys, push. Do you like that or no? No, I don't. You don't like that, do you? No. Mm. What I about complain? Mm -hmm. And say. But what about when we get back to the house after we're done? How does it feel when it you feels ran a really good run? Good. Really good. Feels really good, doesn't it? Because you did the work. What about when you're working hard and you do stack Here's that? There's one thing you never do. After a run, don't. Before a run, never drink milk. Yes, never drink milk before a run. That is critical. Now. It is awesome when there's been a job well done and you see the wood pile stacked high. Let me tell you a little story. When we were moving into this house, there were wood piles. Like before we even lived in this house, before we built this house, there were trees that were stacked in piles and they were as big as this house. These brush piles were huge. There were three of them on the property and we had to burn these piles. We had to get a tractor and Papa and Ding Ding had their tractors out here. And we were just burning, 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 burning. And it looked like a monumental task. Like, there's just no way we're ever going to get these piles away. We've got to burn these piles, and it's just going to be months of work. And it was. We had to clear the property. It was just month after month of work. And we had, I don't know, three or four months just clearing the property, getting ready to build. And it just slowly burned. Day by day, hour by hour, we worked. And that, and that wood pile just burned slowly but surely. We finally got it done. It would have been easy to throw in the towel and say, you know what, this is just too much work. I don't want to do this. We're just going to get some other property where somebody else has done this work. And I think there's a lot of opportunity that's missed in life by boys and by men because they see something that's difficult and they don't see what's behind that. They don't have the vision for what that could be, whether it be land, whether it be anything in life. 
and you've got to see behind whatever the work year is that you're doing and see the final and end result. And we live in a great house. Is there wood piles here anymore or is there a house? There's a house. There's is a there house. any wood piles or is there does Tony have his house done too? Because we took care of that wood pile as well. Is there a house over there or a wood pile? House. House. There's a house. Here we go. I'm back to page 91. If you accept Sloth's advice and begin this path, it will be smooth, just as he said. It might even have flowers along the borders and a brumbling brook. Walking along this path, you might begin to see blackberry bushes sprouting in the bark, mulch on both sides, just little sprouts. They gradually grow larger. As you continue, this path that seems so smooth slowly grows up with thorns, and it starts to choke you out with briars until you can no go no further. Turning around to go back, you're shocked. The brambles grew across the trail behind you. Following Mr. Sloth led you into the middle of a thorny blackberry patch higher than you, higher than your head. Now, a man named Kevin knows what it's like to be in the middle of a briar patch. On a walk with his family, they came across a plum tree. Reaching high for the plum, Kevin failed to see the slope behind him, and he stepped back over the edge with everything, with everyone watching, executed a double backflip into the briars. Youch! If Kevin laid still, it didn't hurt much, but the slightest movement brought stabbing pain. Regardless of the pain, he had to get out. He couldn't lie still forever. Kevin grabbed the end of the dog leash that his family threw in, threw to him. Pulling and scrambling, he got out of the trap. Sure, it hurt. Yes, he did bleed, but he got out. Just like Kevin's escape, there's only one way out of Mr. Sloth's thorny bed. You must go through it. Getting out of slothful mentality requires choosing what is right to do, choosing what is difficult, choosing the good way with a proper disregard for pain. Men without courage and those committed to laziness, listen to this, those committed to laziness never get out. They spend the rest of their lives living and being pricked by every growing thorn. The path of Mr. Industry begins like the blackberry patch. You grab a machete and you begin to hack the aisle your muscles are tired, you breathe hard, your back hurts, but suddenly you find yourself on a paved road. Surrounded by a cheering crowd, Mr. Industry and Mr. Courage, Miss Cheerful and a host of others join you in the progress. What once looked impossible turns into a reality when you attack it with a mind to work. The happiness that Howard and Mr. Industry enjoyed is never found by lying around on the couch and doing nothing. Genuine happiness dwells with a job well done. Every day you have the desire to be industrious. Every day you have the desire to be slothful. Some days one desire is stronger than the other. The desire you follow determine the man you will become. Boys listening in, and you boys listen, listen up. Go help your dad do a task, or go help your mom do a task that's really hard. And I want you guys to work really hard to see the job all the way through, even if it's difficult, even if you bleed a little bit, even if your muscles hurt, do it with a joyful heart and at the end of the day, you'll look back on that job well done, and you'll be happy about it. Boys, the desire in you right now is going to be in you to not go out and work hard and to stack that wood pile or to chop that wood. But this other desire that we want to have right now, Mr. Industrious, will you go outside and work hard with me? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. What if it hurts? I'll still go. What if you get still What if you get splinters? I'll still go. Still go. What if you stub your toe? Ow, I'd still go. Though. You'll still go. What if the job seems so big it'll never be done? Still go. If it goes on forever, who cares? Finish it. Yes. Guys, chapters like this are so encouraging because I want you guys to understand the importance of being Mr. Industrious. And I want those that are listening in to be that as well. I want those boys and those men 
to get outside and work even if it's raining outside, to do what needs to be done even if you don't feel like it. And at the end of the day, when you look back on a job well done, you'll be able to say, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me the strength to do that. And I don't want you to be, uh, I don't want your life to be filled with a briar patch. Don't be soft men. Soft men make easy choices. Good men, strong men, hard men make difficult choices and they look around them and they, they see the blessing of God through the work of their hands. And that's what we want to see. Okay, guys, anything else before we wrap it up? Please subscribe and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Sons and Slaves podcast. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes and pass this along to every father and son that you know. Oh,